going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 202 of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hoffer, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we're going to be taking a look at the top available free agents at the wide receiver position. If you would like to support the show, you can follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose and follow along on any podcast platform. We have a YouTube channel and a free Discord channel. The link to join that is in the description to the podcast. Joey, before we get into these wide receivers, it's been a pretty uh, hectic news week to say the least in the NFL. Quarterbacks are on the move. Yeah, I mean, the big trade that happened, one of the biggest trades in NFL history, Russell Wilson is now a Denver Bronco. So, you know, pretty much the whole podcast of us talking about quarterbacks, the Broncos being one of the best landing spots is obsolete now, but this immediately increases some of the players' fantasy values on the Broncos like Jerry Judy, Sutton, Tim Patrick, Albert O with Fant being shipped off in the trade as well. It's a loaded division, and I think it was a great trade for both sides, honestly. Yeah, I mean, the haul that Denver gave up was immense. You know, Seattle gets the number nine pick in this year's draft, the 40th pick in this year's draft, Denver's first and second next year, and some, you know, good players in Noah Fant and Shelby Harris. They also get Drew Locke. I mean, do you think Drew Locke starts this year? That's that's sort of an underrated part of this trade, I think. I think that they would like him not to start, but if they have to start him, they will. There were some reports today earlier that they might try and pursue Deshaun Watson, and they do now have the tools to do that. They just picked up a couple of extra first-rounders and second-rounders, right? Uh, They still have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson under contract, Rashad Penny, obviously a free agent. It would be a decent spot for Watson, so maybe they go after him or maybe they target another veteran quarterback. So I would not expect Drew Locke to be the starter week one, but, but maybe they're comfortable rolling him. I don't think they are, though. Somewhat of a lateral move for for Wilson, no? You know, he goes from being the third best quarterback in the NFC West to being the third best quarterback in the AFC West. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, personally, you know, I disagree with your NFC West take that you tweeted. He's the best quarterback in that division or was the best quarterback, I should say. You know, if you're if you're taking Stafford or or Kyler Murray over Russell Wilson, I think you need to reevaluate because I I would rather have Russ over those two guys. But he is the third best quarterback in the AFC West now and like I said that division is loaded going to be a lot of battles and there there's a pretty good chance that all three of those teams make the playoffs for like the next two to three years yeah the Broncos odds to win the Super Bowl drastically shifted I mean I wouldn't be betting that personally I still like the Chargers odds at plus 2400 that seems really good uh just taking a shot on Herbert there but you know we'll have plenty of time to discuss that in terms of Seattle's fallout DK Metcalf's ADP right now is about 23 so he's going at the 2-3 turn Tyler Lockett ADP of 46 you know are these guys going to be able to provide fantasy value this season without Russell Wilson yeah I mean obviously they're they're going to provide fantasy points they're both pretty talented players. There's still a lot of opportunity to be had in that offense, obviously, and those are the top two guys that are going to make up a large portion of the Seattle Seahawks targets in 2022, no matter who is throwing them the ball. Obviously, bringing in a guy like Drew Locke, and, and let's say if Locke starts, obviously that makes DK and Lockett lose some value just because you know the lack of quality targets goes down immensely with Locke uh, at the quarterback position but 
the Seahawks are still one of the only teams where you know the ball is going to those two guys and nobody else, which is still very valuable in fantasy. Noah Fant could be in the mix now, but God, I mean, if they get Deshaun Watson, like Metcalf is like a first round pick you know, lock it in that same range, honestly. Yeah, I mean, if they if they go out and make a deal for Watson, that would be pretty surprising. And with Watson, his hearing or whatever is Friday. Yeah. So we'll know like kind of the update and, and status of Deshaun Watson and whether or not he's going to be able to play this year. And if the Seahawks were able to swindle a trade for Deshaun Watson, I mean, God, going from Russ to Watson, you really wouldn't lose a beat, to be honest. No, you, you and might, honestly, you're getting a better quarterback. Yeah, I was gonna say you're actually improving. <laughs> yeah, Crazy as so. that is. Um, how pissed do you think Aaron Rodgers was to have his story overshadowed? You know that burned him. <laughs> I mean, was it was he mad a little bit or? or... I I think I think I mean, he was fuming on the inside. You know, he he loves the attention. We all know that he gets the biggest deal of all time 200 million 153 guaranteed you know four more years with the Packers his big announcement he's been teasing it for weeks you know what is he gonna do is he gonna stay in Green Bay and then he gets like an hour and a half of being the top story in the NFL before Wilson just completely dominates the news cycle yeah I mean it probably bothered him a little bit you know he's he's a diva and maybe he's mad that he wasn't traded but I think that him staying with the Packers was the best outcome for Rodgers in regards to him winning a Super Bowl. Now, the NFC is wide open now. Really, you got Rodgers and Stafford as like the top dogs and Dak and, and Kyler. And then after those couple of guys, the, the talent at the quarterback position just falls off. So the NFC is wide open. And obviously, that gives Rodgers the best chance to win a, a Super Bowl, even though they choke every year. Yeah, I mean, that that was a lot of money to, to pay to lose in the playoffs for the next four years. But I mean, it wasn't confirmed, right? I mean, Rappaport came out, said 200 mil. But then Pat McAfee came out, said that wasn't correct. And, and then Rodgers said that you know, the details of the contract weren't correct either. So who really knows if that 200 mil statement is accurate or not? I mean, I was more, you know, caught up in the 153 guaranteed because that is a lot to guarantee. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's pretty accurate. Either. Yeah, that, that's that's got to be off because that's a lot of money to give a 38 year old quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, that's way too much money. <laughs> so, I mean, you said that, you know, the the quarterback talent in the nfc falls off after you know stafford rogers dak kyler but the nfc just added another quarterback they, they acquired carson wentz as he was shipped to washington that's not moving the needle for you i mean i think that was a pretty bad trade for the commanders you know they gave up a couple of what third round picks and obviously the the likelihood of hitting on an absolute stud in the in the third round i would say is pretty low but obviously you want as many chances as you possibly can in the draft to hit on a stud player and, and you know what you're getting with Carson Wentz you're you're getting a guy that I think does have a pretty high ceiling, but the floor is extremely low. Over the last couple of years, he's been playing at a floor level. So I don't really like this move for Washington and they have to pay his full contract, which is like $28 million. And, and I, I, they, I don't, I don't they like gave it. up more than what you said too. They did give up a, a two third round picks, but the one next year becomes a second if Wentz plays uh, at least 70% of the plays, which I mean, seems likely considering how much they're paying him with this contract and how much they gave up. And they also did give a second round pick as well. So it's it's a third, a second and a third that could become a second. So that's, you know, it's kind of yeah. a lot to give up, I think, for yeah. Carson Wentz. And 
I don't really love what this does for Terry McLaurin's value. I mean, I guess it doesn't really impact it that much, but it's just a shame. You know, another year of McLaurin not, you know, having an above average quarterback, I guess, you know, throwing him the ball. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't think it impacts McLaurin's fantasy outlook too much. He's still going to be a third, fourth round pick. You know, he has the elite upside that we want in fantasy. McLaurin's a great wide receiver, obviously, but Carson Wentz is, isn't a downgrade to, you know, Taylor Heineke or Ryan Fitzpatrick or any other quarterback that McLaurin has been catching the ball. So I'm not too worried about that. I think it's just an egregious move to get to give up three picks for Carson Wentz, you know, a player that like I said, has been playing at a floor level recently. And I think like all of his confidence is, is just gone. Yeah, uh, may- maybe. I mean, we'll see. He gets to play uh, the Eagles twice now, you know, a little bit of revenge tour gets to play the Colts this year. So some interesting storylines, I guess, around Carson Wentz. I mean, I don't know. I, I think he's kind of washed at this point, but we'll see how that goes. Maybe, uh, you know, he can bounce back off the greatness of Terry McLaurin. We'll see. Let's talk about some of these free agent pass catchers. We've got wide receivers and tight ends to discuss in this show. And let's start off with a player who's not actually a free agent, but is confirmed to you know, be on the move. And that's going to be Amari Cooper. It seems like he's going to be traded inevitably within the next couple of days. You know, I mean, I know you want him to go to the Patriots. Is that the most likely landing spot for him? And, and what does it say about you know, Amari Cooper, that he has, you know, fallen out of favor with Dallas, because it seems like they clear cut are prioritizing re-signing Michael Gallup, who is a free agent and and willing to move on from Cooper. Yeah, I think that if the Patriots were to get Cooper, I would not be upset. I think Cooper is still a pretty good wide receiver in the NFL, and he'd obviously be an immediate upgrade over Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, and would would give Mac the weapons that he needs to elevate his game going into year two. So I would be ecstatic if we were able to sign Cooper. As it stands right now, in terms of odds, the Eagles are actually first to land Amari Cooper at about plus 150. The Patriots are second at about plus 250, plus 300 on different books. So as it stands right now, the Eagles are the favorite, and that would be surprising. I can't see Dallas trading him within the division. Yeah, no. I think that they're most likely going to end up releasing Cooper oh, okay. and, and not trading him. Unless a team like the Patriots can you know, swoop in and make a trade for him, which would be pretty lit. In terms of you know falling out of favor, I think he's just more a cap casualty than anything. The Cowboys need cap room uh, after you know some inexplicable contracts given out to certain players. Certain running backs. Um, <laughs> yeah, Amari Cooper, I mean, he has a pretty big cap hit. You know, they just have to unload him. And Gallup, I think, is a, is a talented wide receiver. So I think the Cowboys feel like they can get the job done with Gallup, Lamb, Cedric Wilson, who was also a free agent. So that I, I don't think it's because they think he's a bad player or he doesn't fit the offense anymore or whatnot. I think it's just a clear-cut cap casualty Amari Cooper is. But I, w- I would be ecstatic if the Patriots were to land Amari Cooper. And I I think he is likely to go to one of the Eagles or or Patriots if I had to make a prediction right now. Right. And and so I guess, you know, following up on that, Michael Gallup, who is, you know, 26 coming off of an injury, does seem likely 
to stay with the Cowboys. I think that they're going to be able to get him for a relatively good price. You know, I think the injury impacts his market and it seems like a spot that is, you know, would be really good for Michael Gallup. I think with Amari Cooper exiting the offense, Cedric Wilson potentially exiting the offense, you know, Michael Gallup being right behind CeeDee Lamb in terms of commanding targets on that team would be a really solid spot for him in fantasy. I mean, I think it's probably Mm -hmm. the best spot for him to just stay in Dallas from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I I would agree with that point there's honestly a good chance that that Gallup isn't ready to start the year and if they lose Cedric Wilson and Amari Cooper you know the Cowboys are are going into the 2022 season with CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz as as their top two guys and Blake Jarwin is also hurt too he had hip surgery I believe and I think that could impact his status for 2022 I think I saw that it was it was a surgery that not a lot of NFL players get done. So the Cowboys, in terms of skill position players, could be a little grim. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on moving forward throughout best ball season and, and draft season is the lack of skill position guys that the Cowboys might roll into the season with. And if that's the case, I mean, C.D. Lamb, I think he'll be a clear-cut second-round pick, and he's going to be a total smash, especially early in the season. Because either way, I don't think Gallup will be ready come September. Yeah, I mean, C.D. Lamb currently going at pick 20.7 on underdog. That seems about right for him. Yeah, I mean, I I actually love C.D. at that price. I think it's just everything in terms of what the Cowboys are doing is setting up for C.D. Lamb to have a smash season. Mm -hmm this year. Yeah, I I agree with that. Let's talk about another wide receiver coming off of an injury. DJ Chark, who, you know, missed the majority of the season. He suffered an ankle injury in September that sidelined him for the rest of the season. DJ Chark seems like he could be a a major boomer bust player because he's flashed elite upside at times. And he's going to sort of be overlooked. I mean, he's not one of the bigger names in this, you know, free agency class. But if he goes to the right spot, I think he could make a serious impact on the right offense. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I could see him signing back in Jacksonville because I I think a receiving core of Chark, Marvin Jones, and LaVisca isn't terrible by any means. Obviously, he had an unfortunate ankle injury, but obviously he's going to be healthy ready to go. I think a team that I could see potentially going after Chark would be the Ravens. I think that would be a pretty solid fit. Get a long, tall, deep threat option for Lamar Jackson. Obviously, they have Bateman, Hollywood, Mark Andrews. I think Chark would help the Ravens passing offense take the next step. Honestly, I could... I. I would love to see him on the Patriots too. I think he'd be an immediate upgrade over Nelson Aguilar as a deep threat in the offense, but a team is going to sign him and I I think they're going to get one of the more underrated receivers in the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you've always been a big DJ Chark guy. I know you'd love to see him in New England. He's just got the athletic profile that you want. Yeah. In a wide receiver and he has produced in the NFL. All right, so here's a question that, you know, we discussed at length, you know, in in this past season, in Allen Robinson, you know, is he washed or was it the situation? Because Allen Robinson, I think out of all of these guys has, at least to this point, shown the highest ceiling, but his most recent output was horrible. And, you know, maybe you can attribute that to the Bears offensive environment last year. Some people have attributed it to his effort and, and sort of saying that he gave up on the season, on, you know, the Matt Nagy experience, the, you know, carousel between Dalton and Fields. What what do you think Allen Robinson does this year? I mean, 
can he bounce back? Can he be the player that he was at the beginning of his career? In terms of 2021, I think it was more so the situation that he was in under Matt Nagy, more so than him being washed. I I do think that he did kind of give up on the season. Obviously, it's hard to play for a bad franchise, especially when he wanted out before the season. Right. In, in my opinion, and they franchise tagged him last year, right? Yes. So I definitely think that played more of a factor than him being, you know, just a bad wide receiver, going from one of the most complete wide receivers in the NFL to not being able to put up 10 fantasy points in a game. I think that he just needs a fresh start somewhere. I think he's going to look to go to a team that has, you know, an elite or at least an above average quarterback and probably a better head coach. And and I think he could still produce given the situation. Like if he were to go to the Chiefs as their wide receiver two or something like that, I, th- I think that would be the stone nuts for a Robin. Depending on his ADP, I'm not too sure what it is. Uh, maybe you can give some insight on that. I think he's going to be a value either way in fantasy drafts this year. Current Allen Robinson ADP is 88.6 for some context. He's going around guys like Chase Claypool, Rashad Bateman, Cortland Sutton, Tyler Boyd types. Yeah, I think I would be more interested in Allen Robinson, obviously, depending on landing spot, because I think he is more talented than all of those guys. But we'll we'll have to wait and see when free agency starts. I, I think he'll be a guy that signs within the first couple of days of free agency starting. Absolutely. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. is probably the other big name on this list. I, I don't think he leaves. I think that he has found a home there in, in LA. Yeah, he's coming off of a torn ACL as well. So I don't think he's going to garner much interest besides going back to LA because he is going to miss the start of the regular season. He's obviously came out and said that he wants to resign to LA and he likes playing for the Rams and they obviously want to run it back. So they're going to try and keep that team as intact as possible. So I definitely think Odell is going back to the Rams for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't expect him to leave. The rest of the guys on this list, I I do think are going to be shifting around. I mean, how about Will Fuller? You know, another guy that we've talked extensively about on this podcast. He's 27 years old. He is a free agent. I expect him to leave Miami. He is obviously, you know, flashed elite upside at, at points, but he's also dealt with, you know, suspensions and injury. And he seems like a massive boomer bust type right at this point in his career. Yeah, obviously a, a terrible season for Will Fuller last year. A thumb injury kept him out all 17 games for some reason. Just a terrible, disappointing year. I think the team that signs Will Fuller is still going to get one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. You know, he's not like a top 12, top 15 receiver by any means, but he's probably pushing top 30. Like Will Fuller has shown that he could produce at the NFL level. So I think the Eagles would be a good spot for Will Fuller. There's a a lot of teams that could use Will Fuller's speed. I think the Colts have a need outside. You know, T.Y. Hilton's getting a little bit old. The Lions obviously could use another wide receiver. So there's going to be a need for a player like Will Fuller, and I expect him to be a priority free agent signing uh, in the first day or two. Just Mm -hmm. not really sure where he's going to go. But I, I think a team can get him for relatively cheap and 
he'll probably be a steal. Yeah, he definitely adds an element to any offense he goes to, and it's an element that should be heavily sought after. Sort of the polar opposite of Will Fuller, I think, is Juju Smith-Schuster, age 25, had the elite start to his career and has, you know, really taken a, a step back. And, you know, we've got all the off-field off antics and, you know, he's kind of lost favor, I think, with the public. He's he's a guy that gets heavily trolled for his TikToking and, and stuff like that. But, I mean, he's 25 years old. What do you think about Juju this year? I mean, can he bounce back in the right situation? There's been some rumors of Juju to KC. Yeah, I think if Juju went to KC, that would be a perfect fit for him, you know, as the number three option behind Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Still think he is a talented player and he could produce at the NFL level. Obviously had an injury plagued 2021 and kind of became the wide receiver three behind Deontay and Claypool. But they also had washed up Big Ben as, as their quarterback, right? So I'm not knocking him too much for last year. I still think he's capable. He's still really young. And I think a team like Casey, uh, New England, could, could use a player like Juju on offense for sure. Yeah, I don't know about the personality fit there with New England. <laughs> I mean, I don't really pay too much attention to that cuz you know, if you could play ball, who cares if if he's making TikToks, but obviously, like you said, the the public trolls Juju and really people just hate sports athletes that, you know, are making TikToks and making online videos and whatnot like that. They they get clowned even though he's only 25 years old, right? Like right. Who cares? I mean, if Juju went to KC, can you imagine him and Jackson Mahomes together? I mean, they would become like the about most hated city of all time. <laughs> we'd hear about that in the media every single goddamn day. I, I, I hope that it doesn't happen just for that. I don't need to be reading about that all year. Like, we hear about fucking Jackson Mahomes every day in the offseason. It's brutal. And I'm not even in the TikTok world. <laughs> The last big name wide receiver, I guess, or, or moderately big name is Christian Kirk. I don't know. There seems to be a lot of interest around Christian Kirk. Yeah, I think Christian Kirk is a, is a solid wide receiver. And I think that teams love to get wide receivers that can stretch to the field and have long speed, which I think Christian Kirk does. Uh, I could definitely see him going back to Arizona, especially because AJ Green is also a free agent and you know, push comes to shove, Arizona is going to prioritize re-signing Christian Kirk over A.J. Green, I believe. So I think the most likeliest outcome is Christian Kirk re-signs, but if he doesn't, he will definitely have a lot of interest in the free agent market. Yeah, he's coming off of his best season, 77 receptions for 982 yards and five touchdowns. Obviously, you know, some of the targets I don't think are sticky, and a lot of it probably came from the injuries that DeAndre Hopkins suffered from, but he did prove himself as, you know, a capable wide receiver to say the least. You know, he was a good piece in that offense. I think Arizona would be a great fit for him if he remained there, but he he should definitely add value wherever he goes. I, I don't know. It seems like he's going to have a lot of interest. Reports from ESPN are that he's going to have a quote hot market and a lot of teams are interested. So, you know, maybe a team with a little bit more money has the the firepower to go after Kirk. I, I definitely could see him leaving Arizona. You know, the Colts come to mind. I mentioned them earlier. They have the most cap space out of any team in the NFL, and they could use a wide receiver opposite Michael Pittman. They really do have a need at wide receiver with T.Y. Hilton becoming older, like I said, and you know, Paris Campbell not really working out. So I could definitely see him go there. And I think they've actually been linked a little bit, uh, Christian Kirk and the Colts. But yeah, you, you have a lot of teams that have 
a decent amount of, of cap money and have needs at wide receiver like the Jets, you know, as well. The the Jets have a, a fuck ton of money and they're definitely going to be in the market for one of these wide receivers for Zach Wilson. So so maybe we see one of these top guys go to the Jets too, uh, which would suck. But yeah, Christian Kirk is definitely going to get signed and I think he's going to get a decent contract as well. Yeah, the Jets are definitely going to be in the market for a receiver with, you know, Jamison Crowder, a free agent. Keelan Cole, a free agent. They've really mm-hmm. only got Corey Davis as, you know, the the main staple of their pass catching core. So, you know, somebody's going to go to the Jets. That's probably a landing spot to not be thrilled about from a fantasy perspective. I think that about sums up like the big names in, you know, the, the free agency market for wide receiver. Obviously, uh, you know, in terms of franchise tags, Devontae Adams was tagged. Chris Godwin was tagged. Mike Williams was extended in LA. So, you know, those guys are no longer on the market. Out of the rest of these, I mean, there are a lot of ancillary guys on the market. I mean, do, do you think there's anybody who could like make a sneaky impact that is maybe not being talked about? I think there's a, a couple of wide receivers that could fit that mold. You know, maybe not like a huge impact, but, you know, a guy like MVS, who's a free agent, he's shown that he could he could be a capable deep threat in the NFL when healthy. I think he re-signs in Green Bay, though. It's probably his best uh, fit. I could see him. Then Lazard as well is a free agent. So Packers will probably re-sign one of those two guys and let the other guy walk because they are kind of tight for cap. Other than that, you got you got your guys like AJ Green, Sammy Watkins, Zach Pascal. I mean, my son Jacoby Myers. I think Jacoby's gonna stay with New England though, but he's a restri- restricted free agent. Uh, who else do we got? We got Manny Sanders. Obviously, yeah, he, Emmanuel he's, Sanders. He's gone. he's gone. They they are fully on the game train. Yeah. So really with these wide receivers, I'm obviously not too interested in their values. I'm more interested in what they open up for the offenses that they're leaving. Right. So for the Bills specifically, you just mentioned Sanders is a free agent. Isaiah McKenzie is a free agent. And Cole Beasley is going to get traded. So three of the top five Bills wide receivers could be gone come 2022 which obviously would help Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis, you know, a lot. So those are those are just kind of the situations that I'm going to be monitoring as free agency goes along and what some of these teams do to fill some of the depth that they're going to lose in free agency. You know, Cowboys, we talked about Bills, the Jets are going to lose Crowder and Keelan Cole most likely, so just situations like that yeah no that makes a lot of sense a lot of targets are going to open up in some of these offenses green yeah green bay another one i low-key i mean mckenzie i think could actually stay in buffalo and he would be a a, you know a big you know impact for them if cole beasley leaves i mean we saw it at points you know last year specifically as he was demolishing the patriots but mckenzie could could really like you know elevate his stock this year if Cole Beasley gets traded which seems likely and I I feel like they could keep McKenzie they've liked McKenzie for a while now and he's not going to command like a massive deal yeah I I could definitely see them re-signing McKenzie to like a two-year you know six million dollar deal or one year four million dollars or something like that and I, I think that's definitely likely as him returning but just had to know he technically is a free agent right now and mm-hmm. could potentially leave Buffalo. So yeah, that that's just something that we'll be watching as free agency goes along because there are going to be a lot of depth players that leave some of these teams for new teams, which could open up new roles for players and create some, you know, opportunities in best ball to to target. Absolutely. 
Uh, in terms of the tight end position, it's actually somewhat interesting this year in terms of, of the free agents available. Gronkowski uh, has been rumored to have some interest in Buffalo, which would be interesting. He's obviously from Buffalo. Um, I don't know how much that fit makes sense. They obviously unlocked something in Dawson Knox. I don't, I don't know necessarily why they would need to do that, but we just mentioned all the potential targets leaving there. Gronk to Buffalo seems possible. You know, Uzoma's a free agent, Ebron, Gerald Everett. You know, I mean, who who stands out to you at the tight end position? Yeah, nobody really stands out to me because there's like no clear-cut elite tight end available unless you're considering Gronk elite or whatever. But I think there are a lot of, you know, above average tight ends available in this free agency class. You, you mentioned a couple. Then you have, you know, your OJ Howards, Robert Tunyon, Mm -hmm. Uh, Gerald Everett, Ebron, Tyler Croft, Evan Ingram, you know, Hayden Hurst. A lot of these guys are are gonna, I think, be on new teams and maybe become tight end ones on their new teams. And I, I could see a lot of these guys also re-signing for sure. But a lot of these guys can can play and can get you eight to ten fantasy points a week, especially with the tight end position being the worst in the NFL, right? Like some weeks you'll you'll take eight points. Like, towards the end of last season, it got so grim if you didn't have one of the top guys. Like, you were pl- you were playing RSJ every week. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> like, and, and I was playing John Bates. Like, that's how bad it got <laughs> at tight end. And I think there's a lot of talent available. So this is going to be an interesting tight end free agency, free agency class. And I, I think, you know... Who, who I'm going to be looking for is, obviously, Gronk is interesting. But Gerald Everett is one of my favorite, you know, sleeper tight ends. I think he's pretty solid. Mo Ali Cox, OJ Howard, Hayden Hurst, Evan Ingram, unfortunately, you know, he sucks at football, but he, he still has the athletic profile that can uh, create mismatches on the defense or are some of the tight ends that I'm going to be monitoring where they end up in 2022. Yeah, Evan Ingram is interesting. And, you know, the reports around him are saying that teams are really interested in using him at, at slot wide receiver. So, I mean, that could definitely be a factor if he's getting a, a, you know, a bump in utilization in terms of a, being a pass catcher and getting targets. I mean, obviously, like you said, he's he's bad at football. I mean, he's I th- dog shit. Like, I think he gonna- just needs a, a change, though, too. We, we've seen him produce, but obviously we've seen him not produce for the majority of his career. But I think going to a new team... And we, we've seen it before with, with some players. I think going to a new team will be more beneficial for him than not. Yeah, I mean, he's been attached to Danny Dimes for a while now, so hard to get, uh, you know, hard to see him downgrading, you know, situationally. Yeah, I, I think he's one of the more interesting free agent tight ends. You know, he's still 27 years old, so he's pretty young. He has the athletic profile that you want. At the tight end position, like you said, he could play slot wide receiver. I'm going to be interested to, to see where he goes. I still I still think he could play a little bit. Just really needs to get out of New York. And like you said, he was catching passes from Daniel Jones and had some of the worst coaching as well with the Giants so far in his career. So a new situation I think will benefit Evan Ingram a lot. Yeah, and just from that sort of athletic you know, perspective, is there a possibility that OJ Howard emerges as, you know, the guy that he was projected to be coming out of college? You know, he's also only 27 years old, obviously has the draft pedigree. He's flashed the talent at times. It's just never really translated into NFL production. Yeah, I think he's going to be a guy that I'm definitely going to be interested to see where he ends up for sure. I think he just kind of ran bad. Honestly, he tore his Achilles 
early in his career, and then he comes back and they have Gronk, <laughs> right? Yeah, nothing you can really do about that, <laughs> right? So he he had a, a decent start to his career. Uh, you know, he was drafted in twenty seventeen or whatever. Had a couple years with five plus touchdowns. Has never really been in the favor of Bruce Arians though, which is obviously unfortunate. But I, I think he's still a guy that can play if given the opportunity. Athletically, he is pretty gifted. So I'm definitely going to be interested to see where he goes. And he's just another player where I think going to a new team will benefit him more than not. And obviously, it's going to be very easy to improve on the 25 catches for 279 yards that he had over the last two seasons. Yeah, it would be uh, pretty hard not to take the over on that regardless of landing spot, I think. so. Yeah, I think... Depending on the situation, I think he could be one of the best free agent tight end pickups of the year. I think we could see him have his best season of his career, depending on where he goes. But I, I, I kind of like OJ Howard's outlook moving forward. Yeah, I, I think the upside is highest with him, Ingram, and Gerald Everett, like you mentioned. Those are the guys I'm most interested in seeing where they land. Obviously, you know, some of the other guys like Mo Ali Cox, Uzoma. Uh, Gronk. A lot of it'll just depend on landing spot with these guys, since so much of the tight end value is tied to touchdowns uh, in fantasy. Like we're going to be, you know, projecting which of these guys are going to have the best quarterback, you know, who's going to be able to find their way into the end zone on a given Uh week. So we'll definitely be addressing this stuff over the next week. The legal tampering period starts on Monday. So I mean, God, like half of the news will be out way before free agency opens. So we'll be back with podcasts. All Next these free week. agents are going to get signed before free agency starts. <laughs> it happens every year. It happens yeah. every year. Because, I mean, if that's the legal tampering period, I mean, half these deals are probably already done. For sure. Anybody else that we need to mention here? I mean, your boy, Donald Parham. Oh, my God. He, I, he's he's an exclusive restricted free agent. So What does that mean? I have no idea. <laughs> but... I'm assuming he stays with LA just because of the restricted free agent tag on him. It, it's obviously harder for teams to sign restricted free agents than unrestricted free agents because obviously the, the team signing him will have to pay him and give something up to, to take away the restricted free agent. So I, I'm assuming he stays, but it is worth noting that you know, a player of his caliber is technically a free agent, but he is an exclusive restricted free agent. If Jared Cook could put up, you know, 48 receptions for almost 600 yards and four touchdowns on 83 targets, just imagine what Parham could do with those 83 targets. He only had 27 yeah. last and year. Jared and Cook's a free agent. He and, is. And I, I think he's more likely to, to not be re-signed than Parham, obviously. Parham will be way cheaper, and he's obviously younger and way more athletically gifted, but it is worth noting Cook is is leaving LA, I think. We'll have some targets opened up there. That would be great, man. That would just be, Scott, like, God, that would be yeah, so I mean, great. Honestly, that Chargers offense is, is going to get condensed a little bit. Guyton is a free agent. Uh, we didn't talk about him at the wide receiver position, so they'll probably lose him. Unless you resign him, but they already resigned Mike Will. So really you're gonna have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Palmer, and Donald Parham there as really the guys, which would be electric. Eckler. And well, yeah, and Eckler. Yeah. God. I, that wheels up. Just wheels absolutely up. And I think that that is going to be it for episode 202 of the DFS Dose podcast. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover, Joey's at Joey Carrion DFS. 
We will be back with several episodes next week addressing all of these landing spots, projecting things out for fantasy. And if you guys ever just want to connect with us or stay up to date with the podcast, you can join the Discord for free. The link to do that is in the show notes to the podcast. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic. Bye.